No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Judah makes David king and Israel makes Ishbosheth king. Division in the kingdom leads to civil war. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Samuel chapter 2 on Simply the Bible. King Saul had died in battle with the Philistines. For David, the pathway to the throne was now clear. But was it God's time? We continue today in 2 Samuel chapter 2. It happened after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. David said, Where shall I go up? And he said, To Hebron. For so long David had been on the run. When things have been bad for so long, and suddenly circumstances change for the better, you don't know what to do. David had been anointed as king, but with King Saul around, there had been no opportunity for advancement. Now that Saul was dead, what was David to do? Was he to act or sit and wait? Here we see one of the great strengths of David. When he didn't know what to do, he inquired of the Lord. Many of us wait until we've exhausted every other opportunity before we pray. It's better to pray first. As long as David inquired of the Lord, he did well. But when he didn't inquire of the Lord and instead relied upon his own wisdom and understanding, that's when he got in trouble. It's no different with us. Holocaust survivor Corey Ten Boom said, Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Do you rely on prayer to guide you through the decisions of life? Or do you only pray when your tire's flat? David inquired the first time, asking God if he should go up to the cities of Judah. God said, go up, but said nothing more. So David inquired a second time, where shall I go up? To Hebron was the answer. Now, why didn't God tell David everything at once? This is the way God guides us. Seldom, if ever, has God shown me all the steps at once. Usually he only shows me the first step. I must take it before he shows me the next step. God is interested in more than simply relaying information. He wants a relationship. By only giving us the next step, he keeps us coming back for more. And that deepens our relationship and builds our faith. So David went up there and his two wives also, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David brought up the men who were with him, every man with his household. So they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. David took his two wives and 600 men with their wives and children and dwelt in Hebron, which was in the northern central part of Judah. This would be strategic as he would position himself to be king close to Israel, but not too close. Then the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Being of the tribe of Judah himself and born in Bethlehem, David was one of their own. Therefore, the men of Judah were the first to anoint him as king. And they told David, saying, The men of Jabesh-Gilead were the ones who buried Saul. 
So David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead and said to them, You are blessed of the Lord, for you have shown this kindness to your Lord, to Saul, and have buried him. And now may the Lord show kindness and truth to you. I also will repay you this kindness, because you have done this thing. Now therefore let your hands be strengthened, and be valiant, for your master Saul is dead, and also the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. Now we saw in 1 Samuel 31 that after Saul died, the Philistines cut off his head and fastened his body and the bodies of his three sons to the wall of Bethshan. When the people of Jabesh-Gilead heard that, valiant men traveled all night and took their bodies from the wall and burned them in their city and buried their bones. Why did they risk their lives to do this? Because many years earlier, Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, encamped against their city. They offered to make a covenant with him and be his servants. But he would only make a covenant with them if he could put out all their right eyes to shame Israel. So they asked for seven days to see if anyone would help them. When Saul received this news, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he gathered all Israel to fight against the Ammonites. The Lord gave him a great victory, and the men of Jabesh-Gilead never forgot it. Now they had opportunity to return the favor. So they risked their lives to take Saul and his sons from being Philistine trophies to giving them a decent burial. It is important to remember and appreciate those who have helped us in the past. We should practice loyal love. Perhaps the men of Jabesh-Gilead didn't know how David would react to them doing this, since they knew that he had been anointed to be king and Saul had been his enemy. David wanted to assure them that he was in fact pleased with their actions. David very wisely commended and blessed them for their heroic and kind deed. He encouraged them to be strong and valiant. Then he told them that Judah had anointed him as king. David publicized this event in hope that the people of Jabesh-Gilead and others would also make him their king. But Abner, the son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Maonaim. And he made him king over Gilead, over the Asherites, over Jezreel, over Ephraim, over Benjamin, and over all Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was 40 years old when he began to reign over Israel, and he reigned two years. Only the house of Judah followed David, and the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Abner had his own agenda. He was Saul's cousin and general. It was in his own self-interest to put an heir of Saul on the throne. Although three of Saul's sons died with him in battle, Ishbosheth had been home and so was still alive and now heir to the throne. Abner knew that David was anointed to be king, but he sought to circumvent God's plan. Is Abner not like many Christians who, knowing that Jesus is Lord, nevertheless seek to do things their own way? Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 6, 46, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Ishbosheth was not a strong leader like his father. 
Abner no doubt thought that he could highly influence, if not control, Ishbosheth. Abner would be the power behind the throne. Verse 12. Now Abner, the son of Ner, and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went out from Manaam to Gibeon. And Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and the servants of David went out and met them by the pool of Gibeon. So they sat down, one on one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. Then Abner said to Joab, Let the young men now arise and compete before us. And Joab said, Let them arise. So they arose and went over by number twelve from Benjamin, followers of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and twelve from the servants of David. And each one grasped his opponent by the head and thrust his sword in his opponent's side. So they fell down together. Therefore, that place was called the field of sharp swords, which is in Gibeon. So there was a very fierce battle that day, and Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. Zeruiah was David's sister. She had three boys, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. They were all brave warriors serving in David's army. David made Joab his general. As Abner and Joab faced each other, they decided to let the young men compete in a contest. They each provided 12 men. Each grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his sword through, so all 24 men died. I'm not sure what that accomplished, other than renaming the place the Field of Sharp Swords. A fierce battle then broke out, and the men of Judah, under Joab's command, prevailed over the men of Israel, under Abner's command. This was the first fracture in Israel dividing north from south. Now the three sons of Zeruiah were there, Joab and Abishai and Asahel. And Asahel was as fleet of foot as a wild gazelle. So Asahel pursued Abner, and in going, he did not turn to the right hand or to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Are you Asahel? And he said, I am. And Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right hand or to your left and lay hold on one of the young men and take his armor for yourself. But Asahel would not turn aside from following him. So Abner said again to Asahel, Turn aside from following me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How then could I face your brother Joab? However, he refused to turn aside. Therefore, Abner struck him in the stomach with the blunt end of the spear, so that the spear came out of his back, and he fell down there and died on the spot. So it was that as many as came to the place where Asahel fell down and died stood still. Asahel, Asahel, in pursuing Abner, was out of his league. It seemed that he confused bravery with presumption, which is a common mistake of young men. Abner didn't want to kill him, which is why he struck him with the blunt end of the spear. But Evidently, he didn't know his own strength because it went through Asahel and came out his back, killing him. Joab and Abishai also pursued Abner, and the sun was going down when they came to the hill of Amma, which is before Gaia, by the road to the wilderness of Gibeon. Now the children of Benjamin gathered together behind Abner and became a unit and took their stand on top of a hill. Then Abner called to Joab and said, Shall the sword devour forever? 
Do you not know that it will be bitter in the latter end? How long will it be until you tell the people to return from pursuing their brethren? And Joab said, As God lives, unless you had spoken, surely then by morning all the people would have given up pursuing their brethren. So Joab blew a trumpet and all the people stood still and did not pursue Israel anymore, nor did they fight anymore. Then Abner and his men went on all that night through the plain, crossed over the Jordan and went through Bithron and they came to Mahanaim. So Joab returned from pursuing Abner and when he had gathered all the people together, there were missing of David's servants, 19 men and Asahel. But the servants of David had struck down of Benjamin and Abner's men, 360 men who died. Then they took up Asahel and buried him in his father's tomb, which was in Bethlehem. And Joab and his men went all night, and they came to Hebron at daybreak. Joab and Abishai now felt compelled to avenge their brother's death, and they would have continued to pursue Abner had he not called a ceasefire for the welfare of everyone. When all was said and done, Israel lost 360 men and Judah lost only 20. It was rapidly becoming apparent that God was with David and the schemes of men would not prevail against the will of God. And that's just a good lesson for all of us to remember. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Ishbosheth accuses Abner of an indiscretion with his father's concubine. Abner becomes so angry that he vows to deliver Israel to David. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.